Every mother has a story to tell, and we all learn from the stories that mothers tell. Well, sometimes they will mean something to us, and sometimes they won't. They're just good stories. I've been asked for quite a while, why haven't I, I shared my story? So today's the day. Stay tuned to hear some of my stories in my journey of motherhood. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. I am your host, Deanne Taylor. I know during the last year and a half, we've shared some, some stories from lots of mothers, and I've included some of the stories I've had in my journey as a mother. I've also been asked to share a little bit of my background. So I am a mother. I was raised in Southern California. I'm the youngest of five children. My father was a doctor, uh, an oral surgeon, actually, and my first job was working in his office, and I started there at the age of 14. So I became a surgery assistant and did all the office work. It was a great experience that I went to college, and I met my sweetheart. We were married in 1967, so we've been married quite a while. And during that time, we've had eight children. They're now ranging in ages from 37 to 52. We have 19 grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. We don't get to spend as much time with them as we'd love to, but we do what we can. Through my life, I've been involved in a lot of activities in my church, in my communities, in politics, and also in American Mothers, basically. American Mothers has been my life. My oldest was five years old when I learned about American Mothers, and I loved the education program. I loved meeting with other mothers. That started in 1976. So I've been a member and involved in American Mothers for the last 47 years. And if you can't tell, I love it. I love to share the joy of being a mother. And I love to hear the stories and support other mothers. And I hope you feel that way also as you participate in our podcast and listen to us. And I encourage you to look more into American Mothers and how it can strengthen your life and how you can help other mothers in your community. So today I will share some of my stories. I'm not an extraordinary mom. I'm a mom. I've had a lot of experience, a lot of good times, a lot of bad times, but we survived. And the best thing of the whole journey is every month, all of our children and us get on a virtual call and we spend an hour, hour and a half just sharing our joys and our concerns and we pray together, we laugh together. And in fact, this last week when we had our call, I said, okay, I'm doing this podcast. What are some of the thoughts that you have? I said, they don't have to all be positive because motherhood is not always positive. There are downtimes and frustrating times and times when you don't know what you're going to do. So you fall to your knees Another one said, well, I know you want our stories to help you feel good. And I go, well, of course, I want your stories to help me feel good. But I also want to know that they grew from those experiences. 
I also told them that they, that they helped raise me as a mother. And also something I've told my children, the older ones would say when I was raising the younger ones, they said, well, you didn't do that to me. I go, well, times change. There's nearly 15 years difference between my oldest and my youngest. Society and expectations change. School expectations change. Your perspective on mothering needs to adjust to that too so you can support your child with what they are going through at school. Also, when I started my mothering in 1971, they didn't talk about anxiety, depression, ADHD, all these things that we are now very aware of that our children are dealing with. So I had to listen to my mother voice, that inner voice. Now my life is faith-based and I do have a God and a creator. So when I talk about that, please use your religious basis to form your opinion and how this might help you in any of your mothering responsibilities. My husband and I were raised from very different backgrounds. I was raised in Southern California, like I said, and he was raised in a rural community in Mexico. His family moved down to Northern Mexico in the late 1800s. So he has been part of the, uh, a farming community and his father was a rancher and a farmer. So that's his background. We had some challenges working through some of the perspectives we had on parenting. And that's something important that you need to discuss with your spouse or with your significant other on how the children will be raised. There are some times that we just realized, okay, I'm hands off of this one because you don't want to battle. You don't want your children to play one parent against another because that's never a good outcome. But something we were very, very definite about, we wanted our children to be good citizens. We wanted them to be obedient we want them to be honest and show integrity. We wanted them to have respect for others and to serve other people. So we started that service within our home. We decided that we weren't going to be doing allowance. Well, number one, our financial situation was not amazing. Uh, it was very, very basic. So we had to be really cautious with our spending. So our children, learned that they were part of a family. And as part of that family, everybody had responsibilities and assignments to help the home run smoothly. Mother didn't get paid for washing the dishes or fixing meals. So the children didn't need to get paid for making their beds and picking up their clothes and their toys. Now granted, it sounds very idealistic and it is, and it wasn't always perfect. Very seldom was it perfect. In fact, I'm really thrilled to announce that my children are all very functional. They are all very good about getting their jobs done and they are very good about serving others. But when they were growing up, I wasn't so sure they were going to be that good. You know, there are times that you just kind of wring your hands or throw your hands up in the air and say, this is never gonna work, but it will. Just let them know you love them. Help them through the hard times, support them through the hard times. Something else we did as a family is we had family councils at least once a month. They're supposed to be comp. The rule was to be polite and express yourselves. If there was an issue that they were concerned about, they could express that issue and we would work through it as a family or we would think about it 
and get back with a, a decision that would be the best thing for our family. Our children also knew expectations were part of our family. In school, they are expected to do their best. If they couldn't get an A, that was okay. But as long as they were trying and doing their best. We also had uh, something that we started. It was really fun for us. We didn't ever share grades among our children. They never knew what grade their siblings got. And we thought that was a really healthy environment for our children. So they were not competing against each other uh, academically. So if they did the best that they could, we took them for Lickens. Now we'd go to the local Dairy Queen or ice cream shop, and that was our Lickens and get an ice cream cone. But we played it up really big with the younger kids before they started school. So, okay, he got his report card. He's got to go get his Lickens. And the little ones go, oh, no, really? I says, well, that's just what they do when they get the report card. Sometimes they have to go get Lickens. But as soon as they got into kindergarten and first grade and they were involved in the getting the Lickens, they understood that it was a treat and it was a fun thing. But there were expectations. Something else we tried to do is one-on-one activities or one-on-one -on -one times with our children. My husband was really good about doing a one-on-one -on -one once a month with each of our children. He took them in the bedroom and just said, okay, time to talk. What do you want? What's your problem? What do you need to talk about? And they go, well, I don't know. And then he says, well, this doesn't leave this room. So if there's an issue with mom or any other issue, you tell me about it. It stays here and I'll work it out somewhere. It took him a few months to feel comfortable about doing that. But then one of them one time came to me and said, so mom, what about something they talked to their father about? And I says, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. You mean dad didn't tell you? And I go, no, dad didn't tell me. Was he supposed to? Uh, no, he wasn't. I go, okay. If he wasn't supposed to, he's not going to tell me. And that helped cement the confidentiality with their father. And I think that's very important to support that as a mother and as a wife. Now, I did fun things with them as often as I could. I'd take them, get an ice cream cone, or there was one time that one of our sons was very, very interested in architecture. So we went for an hour and a half and just looked at old buildings or walked through some homes. He wanted to look at the architecture and see what things were available. He didn't go into architecture. In fact, he's a T security guy right now, but that's okay. Something that my children said is that they appreciated that we encouraged them and anything they were interested in, if they wanted to go dance, if they wanted to do soccer, if they wanted to do baseball, whatever they wanted to do, we encouraged them to try that and see if that was something that was important enough to them for them to complete or follow through in their life. One challenge was one of our sons wanted to do golf, and so he started to do golfing. And it wasn't long before his younger brother, about four years younger than he, thought, oh, that looks fun, and he wanted to start golfing too. Well, what do you think happened? The older brother was no longer interested in it because it was no longer his thing. Somebody else was copying him. And, and that was okay. His, he just let his little brother have his stuff. We've talked about helping our children develop into the type of people that we want them to become. 
and what they can become. It isn't our decision what they become. Sometimes we can help guide them and mold them. But it's really, really important that we help them find what they like to do, develop their talents. That's one thing we try to do with the dancing and the golfing and all that type of stuff. But it's important that you encourage them to make some mistakes. Well, you don't encourage them to make the mistakes, but you encourage them to develop their talents because they all have such different talents. And you need to be the champion of those talents. You want to support them so if they fall, you're there at this time in their life, their developmental time, so they don't have to get out on their own and fall and no one's there to help them or someone that doesn't love them as much as you do tries to help them through an issue. It's a hard balance being a parent is how do you develop the talents but then guide them. There are so many options now for children and young adults. They can spread their wings. But there's also a lot going on right now, especially with social media and all the devices, that they aren't willing to put themselves out there. And it's a challenge for us as mothers to help them walk away from their devices periodically. They can learn how to communicate with people. They can try other experiences to help them expand their vision of what they can do with their lives. And they can develop to be such amazing human beings. Your children might not love the idea of trying new things and getting involved, but they will down the road. I appreciated what my children said. They said that they appreciated having the opportunity to try new interests. It wasn't always fun, but they put forth the effort to try new things. And they said that they appreciated us as parents being involved and supportive of those efforts. They weren't always successful, like I said, but we were there trying to help them through these things. They said they also, through these things, expanded their awareness of what was around them. And they were exposed to other things that might enrich their lives. Maybe not now, but maybe down the road. And through all these experiences, they were more inclined to try new things. And they might have had a little, not fear necessarily, but they have the desire and the willingness to put forth the effort to try new things and become better. And maybe more understanding for other people. A comment that one of our daughters made that really is valuable to me is she said, we love what we love. So that indicates we are still doing it. And we try to. One of the things that we started doing as a family is role playing because our children pick that up in teenagers and they role play. In fact, one of our sons has a game store and that's what they do. It's only board games and role playing games. And we as a family periodically do a role-playing game or go to an escape room, something that is challenging, that gets us excited and motivated and working together. Being a mom never ends, and it just gets better. There are some experiences I'd like to share with you that go back to helping our children with values, the integrity and the honesty. We did not approve of lying in our home. We would much prefer working through an issue that we needed to help get through than having them lie about it and then having to get through the lying and the issue too. And then with that lying, it breaks the trust. We wanted to create and develop and keep that trust just like 
their dad kept their trust with them and their one-on-one -on -one discussions by not talking to me. We want to keep that trust with them that we can believe what they're telling us. We had an event with one of our sons. It was a ballroom trip and he was excited about going. He was a sophomore, his first big trip. The instructor had room assignments for the boys and for the girls. One night, the other um, chaperone and I were assigned to go check the room just to make sure the kids were where they needed to be. So I knocked on the door and my son answered. And I said, is everybody who's supposed to be here in here? And he goes, yes, they are. And I says, okay, thanks. And I knew that wasn't right. But we went ahead and finished checking the rooms and we got to the room that a couple boys were missing. And so I went back to that room and we knocked on the door again and said, okay, we have two extra boys in here. We need you to come out now. And so they came out and they were seniors. They knew better. But when they came out, I talked to them on the way back to their room and I told them I was disappointed. My daughter's the same age as, as them. So we'd been on trips before. And I told them I didn't appreciate them not being obedient and that it was really hurtful to me that my son to be part of the team and to be a big guy and, and appreciated by the seniors that he would lie to me because he didn't lie. And they'd kind of drop their heads and walk back to their room. But only one of those boys the next day came up and apologized to me. He didn't realize what a big deal it was until I had talked to them. And then we didn't say anything to our son until we got home. And then we talked to him about that, that his integrity is more important than being liked by the older guys. He'd beat himself up for it anyway, because he's truthful. He was just that it's in his nature. So it was the first major lie that he'd ever told us. And it was hard on him, but we let him know that it was okay. We understood, but he would probably not want to do that again. And he didn't. Another episode is with another son of ours who had a girlfriend and she was not the best influence in our opinion. And so we encouraged him to start breaking it off or at least be a little bit more public places with her and found out later that he was not being truthful and honest with us. We were going to El Paso as a family for a trip, and my husband still had a brother in Mexico. We made arrangements for that brother to meet us in El Paso and take our son down to Mexico for the six weeks during the summer. When we got to El Paso and he found out what was happening, he was very disappointed. He wasn't very happy about the whole thing, which we knew he wouldn't be. But we told him that this was for him to get away and make a decision, make his own decision. We would not contact him. We wouldn't be calling him. We would check with the brother-in-law to make sure he was doing all right. But we would not try to influence him at all while he was making a decision. Unfortunately, his friends were still writing him and trying to make contact with him. Now, remember, this was before cell phones, so they couldn't call him on a cell phone. But anyway... We stood by it, and when we picked him up from the airport, when he came back, he had already made a decision that that relationship was not what he wanted. 
He had goals and plans. He wanted to do big things with his life and getting involved and having a relationship too early would hinder his progress towards his goals. So it was a struggle, specifically a struggle with him gone because his sisters were very, very upset that we sent him away. Of course, they didn't know why he was sent away. It wasn't their story to know. And if he wanted to tell them when he got home, that was up to him. But it was just that he needed to spend some time away from the family and learn some things and he'll be back when school starts. It's all worked out for the best because he's reached his goals. He's attained what he wanted to. He has a wonderful wife and a wonderful family. And we don't talk about it anymore. In fact, when he got home, we finished the discussion and said that is an experience that does not have to be talked about anymore because that is not who he is anymore. We've talked on almost every podcast that children are different. We need to recognize that they are different. And as I mentioned before, when my children were young, we didn't have discussions about anxiety and depression and all that stuff. So it wasn't even on my mind. I didn't think my children would have any of those issues because they were fairly normal children. But I had one daughter who had anger issues. In fact, at one time, she says, Mom, I get so angry that I feel like I'm going to black out. I just didn't know what to do with it. We had her in dance to give her experience to be out of the house and get physical movement. And she had music lessons. And we thought that that would be helpful. But as um, my husband and I talked about it and we prayed about it, we felt like there needed to be a change in that dance. We had been contacted just a few months before that the British National Ballroom Dance Champions had moved into our neighborhood and they were opening a dance studio. Went and checked to see if our children could start ballroom dance lessons. And they were thrilled. They were not able to have children. So they were thrilled that here was a family bringing five children um, to, to dance and all of our children enjoyed it. it. It turned out to be a family event. And through the years, all of our children have been in ballroom dance teams, which has been fun. But our daughter started ballroom dance with her older brother. And as they learned the dances and they went to competitions, they performed and they were recognized and they got some medals and the self-esteem and the enjoyment and the excitement just started to fill this daughter. And she got to the point that as an individual, she was being successful and moving forward. And her anger episodes lessened. And after she was married, she called and said, did I do this when I was that age? Did I do this when I was growing up? And I said, yes, that is something that you did. And she goes, well, now they have labeled that as some type of a disorder. Why did you put me in ballroom dance? Why did you put me in that type of a situation? And I said, I prayed about it. That's what you needed would be the best thing for you and not just be like everybody else. And she says, it's interesting because she was studying and reading about that, that it said what I did was exactly the right thing to get them in an individual circumstance where they could develop and grow on their own. And I go, who knew? God knew. And mothers, you do too. 
So trust your instinct. Go with that. Even if people don't understand, just you do what you need to do for your children. That's critical. Our youngest son during this call that we had this last week, he wasn't saying very much. We asked him what was going on. He says, I, I just got it all. You know, he was the youngest and it seemed he had so many helping him or teaching him or correcting him. He says, mother was kind of the buffer of all of that. I would come home sometimes when the kids had been together and I'd say, so-and-so did this, this happened, whatever. And if it was the youngest child, I said, so what happened? He did this. And so we did that. They basically punished him or modified his behavior before I even got home. And then I'd go, okay. And they go, well, aren't you going to punish him? I go, why? You didn't get punished twice. You only got punished once. You only got reprimanded or whatever once by me. Now he's got older siblings that are correcting him. And then mother who wasn't here, you want me to come and correct him also? We'll talk about it, but you've already taken care of the discipline at this point. So it was a different type of raising the youngest child because he figured he had nine parents teaching him what he needed to do or telling him what he needed to do instead of just a mom and dad. And I don't know how to get around that, but I guess I was the buffer to protect him from overindulgent siblings, I guess. I don't know. But he turned out good. It's good. I need to tell you, every age has been ideal for me. I've loved every age. As they've gotten into adulthood, your relationship changes. You're always the parent, but your parent-child relationship, it's, it's a parent-adult relationship. And I appreciate that. My children are all very open to share their concerns or issues with me if they think I'm having an issue. And also, they're okay with us talking to them. Something we did when our children got married, we pulled, we talked to the, the couple and we said, we need to let you know that we love you. We care for you. We want you to be successful. But also, we're still your parents and we have experiences that we might see something that might be a red flag or a caution that we will want to share with you. And we will do that. As your stewards here, we are going to share our concerns with you. And then it'll be your responsibility to take those and evaluate and decide if they're good for you or not. But we will have done our job as your parents to share our concerns with you. And they turn around fair play, right? So they feel very comfortable sharing their concerns about us with us. And I think it's a healthy relationship. We have a really strong relationship and I love spending time with my children. It's been a joyful ride with many bumps and turns along the way. Life hasn't gone exactly as we anticipated to go, but what does? You learn from that, you grow with it, and you enrich your family with what you've learned along the way. Value every day that you have as a mother. Every day will not be fun. Some days are just downright hard and they hurt. But that's why you have your friends 
and other mothers around you who understand what you're going through. You're not doing this by yourself. Like the end of the podcast, there's an army of mothers all around you waiting to lift you and to care for you. And if you don't have a special friend or you don't have someone to turn to, please find one. Mothers are important for each other as well as helping raise children. We raise each other up and that's important in our lives. My my children raised me as a mom and they're raising you as a mom and what are you doing with it? I hope you're embracing that and rejoicing that opportunity to become a better person and a better mother every day. I really love visiting with you during this episode. I hope you've gained something from this and understand that I'm just a mom and I'm sharing with you the parts of my mother journey that have been important to me. I feel totally blessed being a mother of eight wonderful children who I revere and I honor and I love with my whole heart. And I appreciate their kindness to me. Just remember, enjoy your journey, love your children, and love yourself. See you next time. I said see you next time, and I mean really, you need to be here next time because we are having an amazing guest. We are having Lori Johnson Vegas, who's the 2023 National Mother of the Year. She is amazing. She's very enthusiastic and has great stories and experiences to share with us. So be sure and join us next time with Lori Johnson Vegas. Till then, goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.